Hello, hello, and welcome back to episode five of the Braving the Wild Send Help podcast. This is the podcast for busy parents who are juggling work with managing caring responsibilities for a child or children with additional or complex needs. I am your host, Claire O'Hanlon. I am mum to two boys. My eldest has Duchenne muscular dystrophy and autism, and my youngest is going through the DCD or dyspraxia diagnosis process at the moment. Before we dive in today, I just want to let you know that you may hear some chiming in the background. My eldest, Luke, as I said, is autistic and he goes through little phases where he gets completely obsessed with different things. At the moment, his obsession is vintage items, so clocks, cameras, record players, gramophones, the works. So right now there is a mantle clock sitting on my kitchen table that chimes every half hour or so. And this is really funny because it just made me think of a group that I am in, a business group, and someone had asked a question a couple of weeks ago around creating a podcast and some of the women in it were saying how it really irritates them when they hear noises in the background of a podcast. And I just laughed thinking, well, you're not going to like mine then because with an autistic child in the house, you just never know what you're going to hear in the background. But anyway, we're going to jump in chimes and all. What I want to talk about today, as I said, is self-employment and starting your own business as a parent carer. Very often, the duty of care for children with additional or complex needs falls on the mother. And that's not to say that there aren't dads who are parent carers or that the dads aren't involved or that they're not hands-on. For the most part, they are. But it's just as, as a... As a general way the things go, um, it does usually end up being the mother who is takes who takes responsibility for the care of the child and for attending appointments and for doing all of the advocacy around education, health, and everything else. And it's usually the women as well. It's usually the mums who end up either leaving work or going part time to so that they can manage the care of their child or their children. So what I want to talk about today is really following up on some conversations that I've had recently, mostly with mothers who have decided to start their own businesses or to go self-employed so that they could have more flexibility in terms of being able to juggle working with managing the care and responsibilities of their children. And it's also a topic that I could talk about all day. As some of you may know, my background is in entrepreneurship development. So since 2007, I have worked as a business mentor and advisor and trainer. So I've worked with businesses all the way from pre-start, as we call it, which would be people who maybe have a business idea, but they're not really sure if they even want to do it. Or it could be people who would like to start their own business, but they don't know what type of business they would start. It might be parents like you who are maybe in work but they've got additional caring responsibilities now and they need to look at other ways that they can earn money because a traditional job just isn't working for them anymore. So it would be pre-start and then I've worked with startups all the way up to growing businesses as well. So as I said I could talk about it all day but I think what I'm going to do in this episode because as usual my podcasts are not very well pre-planned I just kind of pick something that I want to talk about and come on and talk about it and hope that it adds value to you 
So what I want to talk about is my story and how I became self-employed and actually how being self-employed myself was very different to advising other people on how to become self-employed. I want to talk to you about some of the challenges that I faced because I hope that they might resonate with you as well. I also want to, I suppose, um, look at some of the really annoying business advice that's out there so that you can see that actually it is ridiculous and it's okay for you to have a business that works for you and not for some random guru whose opinion you would probably actually never really ask for anyway. And then I want to finish off just giving you some things to remember as you consider self-employment or as you think about how you can grow your self-employed business. So where to start with my story? It's a very long, very, very long story. <laughs> so I loved my job as a business advisor and trainer. I did something new every day. I loved working with the people. I really loved delivering training. I loved being very hands-on with our clients, um, clients at all stages of starting and growing their business. And then I had Luke in 2011, 2011. And like most mums, I didn't really want to go back to work after I had Luke because, you know, I was newfangled with this new baby. I was a new mom, and I wanted to spend all the time in the world with him. But I also really did want to go back to work because, you know, staying at home with a new baby can be, in the nicest way possible, soul destroying sometimes. <laughs> um, and you kind of forget who you are and you lose your identity. So I was really grateful to get back to work. And then in May 2012, Luke was diagnosed with Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a progressive and life-limiting muscle-wasting condition. And it was at that stage that I decided that I was going part-time. And I was going, at that stage, I did have a you know, support system in place. I had my mum, who was my childminder at the time. So I did have that support system in place. But actually, I wanted to be there for my child. He was life-limited. And I didn't know if I was going to have 10 years, 16 years, 20 years. And it was important to me that I was there. So we took the financial hit and I went part-time at that stage. But then the biggest blow came in 2018, um, this very week, 2018, actually, when we found out that my mum had cancer. It was end-stage cancer. It was completely shock diagnosis we had no idea she had no idea that she was sick she'd had a few niggly pains and things like that um for months in the lead up to it but nothing that would have given any indication that she was in any way seriously ill and so six days after her diagnosis we sadly lost her and that was a huge it was it was just like a an atom bomb had just been dropped on our lives because at that time Luke was six months into his clinical trial. He and I were traveling over to England every week for his infusions. My mum would have stayed in my house on Sunday nights to get Cohen up for school the next day. You know, she came on all our day trips when I had to work early or late. She was there to look after the kids for me. She even took Luke to some of his kind of ongoing appointments. So she would have taken him to his physio appointments sometimes. And all of a sudden, that was gone and that whole support system had just disappeared almost overnight and I as well as being deep in grief I was just at a loss as to how to make my life work how could I go to work without any kind of childcare? you know I 
with Luke's disability, he needs one-to-one support. So it's not to say that I could just leave them into the creche. And I was working part-time at this stage. So actually, the income thing was a factor as well. My employer was amazing because I always felt like I was taking the piss. Luke had so many appointments and I was a mess. Like I was an emotional wreck at the time, if I'm honest. And there was just a lot going on and my employer was so good to me. So we decided in October 2019 that I would take a sabbatical and I would still work for my previous employer, but I would do it on a self-employed basis. I could choose my own hours. I could choose the number of hours that I was working every week and just let them know in advance and then invoice them at the end of the month, which was perfect. It was ideal because it meant that I could charge a little more than I would have been earning as an employee and it also meant that I could be more flexible in terms of when I worked. So that was October 19 and then came along good old Covid in March 2020 and knocked the whole thing on its head because all of a sudden there was no work now from my previous employer and I wasn't an employee anymore so there was no furlough and I had only just started my business so I wasn't eligible for I think there was a grant for self-employed people or something. I can't remember what it was at the time, but I wasn't eligible for it because I had just started my business. So, and then we had the whole drama, like everyone else, of homeschooling and being constantly at home. And lots of people during that time decided that they would start their own businesses, which was amazing to see. And so I did spend some time actually as a self-employed mentor and support person helping people to do that as well. I'd created a group which was working really well. But then when my year sabbatical was up, the time had come when I had to make the decision. Was I going to go back to work or was I going to stay self-employed? The absolute easiest thing for me to do would have been to go back to work. And even now, sometimes I'm like, I should have just gone back to work. (laughs) But realistically, if I had gone back to work, nothing would have changed. Everything was still the same. I still had no support system in place. I still would have been part-time. My income potential, my income earning potential would have been stagnant because I could only work part-time hours. Um, and so everything was still the same. And so I decided that I would burn my ships and go out on my own, which was like a huge challenge for me at that time because I didn't really know what I would do. I hadn't spent a lot of time really focusing on how I would make a business work outside of the support from my previous employer. And I'm very much an ideas person, not necessarily the best at following through. So I had lots and lots of ideas. I had loads of things that I wanted to start and I did everything. I had the mini mindset club, which was helping parents to help children develop a positive mindset. All the while, my own child, my youngest, Cohen, was having major meltdowns, self-esteem issues and everything else. And I was working through that with him, which made me feel like a little bit of a fraudster because here I am telling other people how to develop a healthy mindset in their children while my own is, you know, having major meltdowns every day, (laughs) which was quite odd. And then I also would have been getting some enterprise related work, but it was Betsy. And I found that I was on that kind of feast or famine mode because, you know, I would have had months where I had lots of work coming in and then I had months where I had nothing coming in. And What I found was that I really lacked that time and that focus to sit down and work on my business. And the funny thing is that with my background, if someone else had come to me 
<laughs> if, if I had come to me as someone else with the exact same problems, I would have had them sorted out in a day. But it's very different when it's yourself and you're running your business. It can be hard to get focused, even though you can help other people do the exact same thing. And so I spent, honestly, the first two years, I would say I spent kind of dipping in and out of different ideas, trying to decide what I was going to do. And I was actually very, I found myself being very resistant to doing work that was similar to work that I had done in my employment which meant that I I turned down opportunities to be a mentor on different government funded programs and things that things that would have generated an income for me. But that's because another challenge um, is part of the reason for that was that I got really maybe sucked into the whole personal development thing. Now, I love personal development. I teach personal development. I'm a mindset coach and NLP coach. I love personal development, but I got perhaps a little sidetracked by the whole everyone can be successful tomorrow brigade, you know, and the whole all you have to do is, you know, write out 50 times a day that, you know, you earn a million pounds this week. You know, I got sucked into that whole kind of thing. And what that meant was that I was focusing on the end goal. And the end goal, obviously, being a business that I'm running, that I don't need to be there 24-7 for, a business that more or less takes care of itself with minimal input from me. And so I was focusing on being there rather than on the steps that I had to take between where I was at that time and how to get to where I wanted to be. It's like I missed out that whole bit in the middle. And as an ideas person who's not really a complete or finisher, um, I really struggled then to get ideas off the ground to get to that stage. And so that was when I decided, no, look, I have to take a step back here and go back to basics, go back to what I teach people. Look at what I am telling people myself. You know, if you want to start a business, you have to have a good idea. You have to know that it's a profitable idea. You have to know that people actually want it. You have to get really clear on who your ideal client is. You need to get really clear on your branding and your messaging so that you're talking about the same thing over and over and people get to know you for a certain thing. You need to create a good product and a good service. Okay, you need to have proper channels in place to get that out to your customers. And these were all things that I knew, but yet I had completely just jumped over them. Okay, and I think that's one of the the challenges sometimes with personal development and with all of these gurus. And it's maybe... One of the negative things of social media maybe is that there are so many people out there telling you, you can earn six figures by the end of the week, just work with me. And, you know, it can be very easy to get sucked into that, especially if you're feeling in a particularly emotionally vulnerable place. But eventually I created a really brilliant program that I loved so much. And that was the Shypreneur Academy. So as an introvert, I had created a business program that was specifically for introverts and it was a membership program and I absolutely loved it. I got so motivated when I was creating the content. It Everything was working so brilliantly and, and I loved it and I had clients coming into that program and it was going really well. And then something happened. A family that I know whose son has the same condition as my eldest, they lost their son. He was 16 and they lost him to Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And in that moment, I just decided, no, I'm not doing this anymore. 
I just, I can't, I can't do it anymore because I was thinking to myself, why am I doing this when I have such limited time left with my child? I should be focusing all of my energy on him. And I suppose at that stage, I maybe came into another little, what would we say, a wormhole maybe. And I got totally emotionally connected to what would happen in the future, which distracted me from my business and from obviously impact on my earning potential and it was at that stage then that I said no I'm going back to basics I need to go back to the things that I know that I can earn money from where I know the opportunities are and since then I have been doing self-employed work for other agencies who provide support to startup businesses now I could have been doing that from the start I you know I could have been earning money all the way from the start while also growing my own business on the side so Right now, I have a business that is going well. I'm earning money every month and I'm also working on Brave in the Wild. And the reason that I decided to create Brave in the Wild is because I'm thinking about my future and my children as well as how I can use my skills to help other people. One of my biggest values is helping other people. And anyone who knows me well will tell you that that is true and that that is the case and that I go out of my way to help other people probably quite often to the detriment of myself but um so I decided that I would create Braving the Wild as an avenue to bring together all of my skills and all of my experience in a way that works around me and that works around my life. So watch this space to see where that goes and how that grows but I think for me definitely the biggest takeaway if I wanted you to take something away from this is that you can keep it simple. You don't have to have wild and wonderful business ideas to create something that will work for you. Look at your life, look at what's going on in your life, look at the resources that are easily available to you and decide how you can come up with an idea or how you can become self-employed by using that. So before I leave you with some things just to remember if you are starting your business or if you're trying to grow a business, I just want to talk about something that has come up in some of the conversations that I've had with some mums recently who are starting their own businesses and it's been around the re- this really annoying advice that you see online and I just want to tell you that you can ignore it. One of the things that I want to say is that, you know, you see all of this, you can create six figures and I am so successful because I make six figures every month and blah, blah, blah. And we tend to think that we need to mirror that success. When in reality, you know, the person who we're watching for a start, we don't know if they're earning six figures, (laughs) you know, people lie. And on top of that, you know, Their personal circumstances don't mirror your personal circumstances. Their support systems don't mirror your support systems. Their resources don't mirror your resources. So why does your why does your success have to mirror their success? It can be completely different. Success looks different to different people. As a parent with additional with as as a parent of children with additional needs, you know, success to you might look like getting to work for three hours in the day. Okay. It might look like getting one client a month. And and that's okay. Okay, you can work through that. You can work how to increase that because obviously you may not be able to survive financially on one client a month. But remember to stay where you are. Um, another thing is the scaling. You know, you should be able to scale your business. Go from having two clients to 50,000 clients and you can do this in a week. This is how X, Y and Z does it. And all, there's 
almost like a guilt trippy thing on social media that if your business doesn't look like this then you're somehow failing and that's just not true. So some things to remember then um, if you are thinking of starting your own business is that it's okay for your path to look different to other people's. Your path is different. Okay your path doesn't look like someone else's path. Even if you didn't have children with additional or special needs your path still wouldn't look like anyone else's. Okay, you're the only person who's ever worked in your shoes and it's okay for your entrepreneurial path to mirror your life and that's okay. It's okay if you have to do stuff that you don't really want to do to be able to grow your business and to get your business to the position where you want to be. A lot of, again, personal development and business advisors and coaches out there will tell you that you don't have to do things that you don't want to do. Okay, if you don't want to work one to one, don't work one to one. If you don't want to be on social media, don't be on social media. And technically, these things are true, but it takes a lot of effort to get to a stage where you don't have to do the things that you don't want to do. Okay, so it's okay if you have to do some work that you don't really want to do because it's paying the bills. That's okay. Uh, Another thing to remember is that your skills as a carer and as an advocate are absolutely vital and valuable in work in the workplace whether you're in work or whether you're thinking of running your own business those skills are vital I definitely 100% got better at my job as a business advisor when I started advocating for my child when I had to show up when I had to be his voice when I had to cut out all of the crap in life because it just didn't matter and I needed to focus on what mattered So your skills absolutely matter. Apply the skills that you've learned in caring for your child to your workplace and watch how your productivity and your motivation and work absolutely explodes for the better. And it's okay for your ideas to evolve as your caring responsibilities do. You know, your business isn't going to remain the same all of the time and And that's okay. It's okay for your business to change. So many people will tell you, you have to be consistent, which means that your business has to look the same and it has to grow at the same rate all of the time. That's not true. It's totally okay for your business to grow and evolve and for your ideas to change as your current responsibilities do too. So today's episode was a very quick roundup of, I suppose, my entrepreneurial story and how I came to start my own business. And there will be lots of you who may be considering starting your own business as well. And I am here for any advice if you do want some. I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode as we move forward with Braving the Wild Send Help. See ya!